0: Oh Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, this is the we ain't family pod. We ain't just family podcast. Back for episode four. Um, got a well, I can't call our special guest anymore because she's the, the the co-host now. Um, back from episode two. My, um, I won't even say former student. Just real life family. Doesn't matter if she's blood or not. Um, really, the the first. Student I, I claim as a as a kid, my, my first daughter, uh, that I got to watch it grow from her freshman year of high school and now into an adult. Uh, welcome back to Kiera Coleman.
1: Thank you. I am so happy. So, 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 so happy to be a part of it. Um, part of this podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So uh, I know we've been off for a minute, had to revamp some things. Um, Ki- Kiara was in, in Houston for, for a few days. Uh, so we're back. We're back at it. New intro music, all of that. Um, wanted to kind of do a series on uh, black issues that we don't always talk about. Uh, so this episode focusing on um what what I what I think is a myth, but but a lot of people have bought into um, the, this myth on black and black crime, because um, I've seen lately after like George Floyd happened, Breonna Taylor happened, um, what's the 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 new one from North Carolina? Um, God, I can't think of his name. Um, they just decided today not to charge the officers, but I've seen a lot of my, my conservative friends, um, black and black and white, both saying, "Why don't we focus on black-on-black on black crime?" And so I'm always confused. I'm like, "What, what, what the hell is that?" Because um, anybody that would tell you that's t- taking a criminology class or a psychology class is most crimes occur with people that you know, people that you live around. So, of course, if you live around a bunch of black people, um, more than likely, if you're a victim of crime, it's going to be by somebody that looks like you. Same thing if you're white. And just to give you all some some numbers, 92% of crime that black people experience is by another black person. It's 85 to 86% uh, white people on... on Experiencing crime from other white people So why don't we talk about white on white crime As much as we talk about Black on black crime So
1: there is a lot To unpack here Um, I agree With everything that you just said Um, First like you said Anybody who has taken a um, Criminology class will tell you that um, Crime is about proximity And who you who you are around and we have not coined a term for any other crimes that happen um, or interracial crimes that happen. We don't say white on white crime. We don't say um, when, when white boys go and shoot up schools, we don't call it white on white crime. Um, we don't say Asian on Asian crime or Mexican on Mexican crime, etc. We don't say any of that. So I think that first, the very first thing for people to do is to ask yourself, Where did this term come from and why do we use it? Start there. Um, And then I think the next thing that we should discuss is when people talk about why don't we do anything to um, tackle black on black crime. um, Tackling black on black crime would mean um, providing resources to people in the community, getting rid of poverty, providing um, proper education. To uh, black communities, so when you ready, when you're ready to start doing those things, that's when crime is gonna decrease. Um, that's, I don't know, it, it it's, it's cut and dry. That's where we should start. Um, so when we talk about the term black on black crime, um, I am not a hundred percent sure of the history of it. Um, but to me, it sounds like a media term, something that, that the media had come up with or the powers that be behind the media, um, and, uh, journalism and, and people in that, uh, around constantly say a black on black crime. That's usually how things start. You hear this term over and over again on the news and articles in school. So then it becomes this big thing. Um, black people committing crimes against black people is not far fetched. Like, it's not something that's just like, oh, wow, black people are inherently angry or um, worse than than any other race. And they don't commit crimes against one another. Um, I think that people should understand why this term is harmful. It is harmful because we are basically blaming Black people, for every single last thing that happens to them, that's what you're saying in that moment is that poverty, um, lack of education, um, no food, res- uh, no good grocery stores in the area, bad food resources, all of those things is because of black people, and it is black people's fault.
0: When and it makes me think about, I know like the 40s, 50s, like historically, more stuff that that black people do has to been illegal. I mean, at one point, um, with sundown times, it was illegal for black people to be out after dark. Um, And then I I think, because I I hear it all, all the time, especially from some of, uh, my black conservative friends uh, we need to check ourselves first about black and black crime and I'm like well what do you mean because historically black people weren't the one that wiped out black neighborhoods like Black Bottom here in Detroit um,
1: I, I and you know so that's that's like starting there um people also don't realize that the most dangerous crimes are those white collar crimes uh white collar crimes and then those racial crimes where there are no um consequences for it because yes um you know you will have um A black man kill another black man over some shoes or, you know, again, poverty related um, robbing somebody and it has gone wrong, you know, things like that. But what is more harmful? I hate to compare, but what is more harmful that instance or wiping out entire communities, putting drugs into into entire communities? You're not just wiping out entire communities; you're creating a generational now,
0: poverty. Now you're trying to get into that whole um, snowfall type story. You know what? Because uh, that's what
1: I'm thinking of. Snowfall right now. That's that's really what I'm thinking of right now.
0: And I and and rest in peace, John Singleton. But I remember thinking when Snowfall first came on, like they really gonna show this on air. Like the the government really gonna allow this. Now we gonna really get it into the the dynamic uh, around. How, how drugs, first of all, really came into this country. Um, and I know that some people like, well, marijuana was here long before c- crack cocaine. Well, marijuana was actually only, if you look at the history of, of marijuana um, uses and why marijuana was illegal at one point, it's because the marijuana was a drug of choice by uh, Mexicans at, at first back in the nineteen twenties and thirties and there was an uproar about Mexicans taking um jobs that should have went to white people. So so what did they do? They they made marijuana um illegal. Um but so when I, I'm in it's I'm thinking back to Chris Rock had a comedy special, his his first big one, where he talks about the difference between uh, black people and, and, and niggas. And he says, you know, when I go to the ATM machine, I ain't looking over my shoulder for white people. I'm looking over my shoulder for, you know, niggas, basically. And I think that's, like, why I've always had an issue with, like, the news, especially, like, local news, because I feel like it's promoted narrative that, Black neighborhoods are dangerous. Black people are, are dangerous. Like, I feel like if you watch the first 10 minutes of the news, like, you instantly depressed.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I haven't watched the news since the, pan- since the pandemic first started. Um, but for me, especially, like, I have so many friends in so many different um, industries and um, working in the city. And there are so many things that like great things that they are doing. So many good things that are happening, um, in the Metro Detroit area. And when I'm watching the news, I expect to hear about those things, but instead we got to hear, first of all, let's not act like white people not in gross point committing murders. Let's not act like white people not in gross point selling drugs. Cause baby, let me tell you, they making the killing too. Um, So we don't never hear about that on the news though. Nobody, because they're not heavily policed. Nobody is bothering them. So nobody knows. Um, but like you said, if we're watching the news and it is a a news for a major city, you are going to, um, come across five stories in a row of something negative. And four out of five of the stories will likely be mostly black all black people and that's just even if you go out of town and
0: watch the news or or i'm just thinking about even when they interview certain people i'm like
1: now you know now you know yes they because you i've watched um i've watched like the news be around like interviewing like citizens i see you do 10 interviews how did you pick that one Mm. why was that the one that you chose Because everything is about entertainment now. And that brings me back to you saying, um, I cannot believe that they're going to show how drugs really got here. It's entertainment for them. Because they see that people want to watch it and people are interested in it, but nobody's going to hold them accountable. It is more so, hey, let's watch this. Let's, oh, wow, ooh, ah, this happened a while
0: ago. And then the the excuse is is the, the people that were involved back in the 80s are dead.
1: No, they ain't.
0: Some, some, some are, but you. Know, not all of them. You know that's gonna be the 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 main issues. I mean, they tried to get Reagan uh, before, uh, but.
1: But not only that. So, these are systems that are in place. I I think that's where what we need to remember is that this isn't. These it's not just people. It's not just one person is is not just a group of people. It doesn't matter if those people are dead. They created and per, and, and upheld a system and they taught more people. Perfect example. Um, I can't think of the one guy's name. I think we talked about this last time I was here. But the guy who goes around teaching police departments
0: oh, oh, about
1: yeah. the little uh-huh. kill stuff. So even if he does perish tomorrow okay you don't want to hold him accountable how many people did he teach that to, though so they can just go out and spread that word why is it that we understand um we understand spreading words and and um gaining followers and and teaching people when it comes to religion but when it comes to everything else like we gotta keep in mind that all of this stuff is taught. Somebody taught you something. Somebody taught you that this was the way to think and the way to do things.
0: And and I and I think that goes back um in I know we talked about the the ninety four crime bill. Um uh, and for me, um, it's always funny when when people to me criticize um President Biden. Former President Clinton, uh, former First Lady Clinton, because I'm like, I I, I remember '94.
1: I wasn't so, born yet. Yeah,
0: Charlie, <laughs> I, I I remember Charlie Rango and all these other black leaders. They were in favor of this crime bill, mm-hmm. and so I, I think about like psychologically, like we 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 messed up as a people. Um, I agree. We, we promote black on black cr- uh, crime as an actual thing. We were in support of, find me a politician, a black politician in 1994, whether it was in the Senate, the House, uh, a mayor that didn't support a 94 crime bill.
1: I think people, I think that because we have, um, I kind of want to backtrack here. Um, social media makes everything hyper visible. But people also have to keep in mind that you see what you want to engage in um, or engage with on social media. So I follow a lot of anti-capitalist accounts, um, socialism accounts like I follow people like that. I follow like minded people. So if I'm following like minded people and that's all that I see, I. Um, And I don't branch out of that, then I'm not going to know that there are other people out there that think like me. And something that I hear a lot of my friends say or just people in my generation, period, is that they tend to think that because what they see on social media is progressive, that the entire world is progressive because they see that um, they see their black friends um, being progressive, that everybody is progressive and I even have to check myself about that sometimes when I'm having conversations with my grandparents. Um, that
0: that generational, yeah, gap it's a, in-
1: mm-hmm, it's a generational thing. Um, I've I lost a friend last year who wanted to argue me down on black on black crime. And listeners, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I don't argue about stuff that I know for a fact is true. Black on black crime is a myth. It ain't no argument for me. So, I just think that we need to remember that it ain't all of us that thinks like this all of us we're not all progressive we're not all um i i hate to i don't wanna go as far as saying that people are anti black but just not knowledgeable about how some things can
0: be harmful and, and I'll say there there are black people that are anti black and they, yeah. they they don't realize it mhm and mm-hmm. and some of it is um. Having that a uh, aha moment or for some people it's an aha moment and then it's for others it's just never going to happen for whatever reason.
1: I really think because, and I could be wrong and I'm probably just like, I have, I know that I use myself as an example a lot, but that's because it's an experience and that's just what I know. But... um. I think that it's the lack of education like people just don't know and I say that because I wasn't I didn't always think like this Uh, I don't think that I was like I think that I was anti-black but I didn't know it like how you just
0: said and i
1: but once I majored in African American studies and I was reading more things and learning more about the stuff that wasn't taught to me before and that my mama couldn't teach me because she also wasn't taught it. Um, I started, I changed my views. So I think like, it goes back to that conversation we had before we need to really switch our curriculum. Like we need to have curriculum made by black people for black people, and,
0: and, and, and now you got the once you got the sixteen nineteen project, you got a lot mm-hmm. of people on on the right that that's a, a f- afraid of that. And I'm like, sixteen nineteen was was real. Like the first slaves came over here on sixteen. Like America does a great job of whitewashing um, history. Only wanting us to, to learn things a certain way. And I remember last year I was I was no, two years ago. What's it eh, about two years ago. I was sitting in a workshop and I remember Dr. Uh Rima said we have all been agents of white supremacy, whether we realize it or not. And I mean she gave about twenty examples and it's like, well, she right. And then like you I, I think about all the people I've touched and and may, you know, been promoting these, these ideas that, that were anti-black, that were rooted in white supremacy, uh, that, that were anti-people that look like me. Um, and I don't think a lot of people want to, want to face that reality. If, you are running around saying, "Well, what about black and black crime?" Well, I think you have to dissect what happened to black people from from the the root, from the inception of us being here, us learning how to read was a crime.
1: Exactly. Shoot, um, not having a job, and if you was out walking you know walking around and a police officer okay first of all let's even backtrack there it didn't even have to be a police officer a white person asked you where you was going and you didn't have no destination done
0: and, and I, I mean present day i mean the students at the in in, in detroit had to sue the state for for the right to be able to read for a literacy lawsuit, who which at first the 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 former governor Rick Snyder said wasn't a right, black black people, it wasn't the state's right to to make people literate. That that was the the state's argument, and that was 2016. So, for when I hear another black person say, "What about black and black crime?" Like it's it's disheartening.
1: It's real. It really is. And it is. Um, to me, it's just like, uh, here we go, because I guess I guess the biggest thing that frustrates me is you standing tall on this. Why? Why? Why is it that we're not open to learning something? Is it that we're not open, open to learning new things or is it that y'all don't like who it's coming from? Because you immediately get defensive when someone says, black on black crime does not exist or somebody challenges that and telling you like hold on wait you're wrong so is it i I really want to know what is the root of you not listening to what somebody is saying when it comes to that because why wouldn't you want to listen why wouldn't you want to learn that oh hold on wait black on black crime isn't really a thing like we not really just bad people why wouldn't you want to accept that fact
0: and i and i i think for some it's it goes back to that that social dynamic, like you said. Most of the time, if if you're on social media, if if you you're you're going to pick and choose to follow people that have similar viewpoints, so mm-hmm. your view don't get challenged. Like it's it's very rarely that somebody that watches Fox News is also going to watch MSNBC. Um, mm-hmm. um, where I feel like having conversations like that is is eye opening for both parties i think people are 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 scared to have tough conversations um especially when it when it's about friendship too if, if i'm friends with you i might not want to touch that issue cuz I don't, I don't want to jeopardize our friendship whereas a real friend would be like no, let's, let's sit down and talk about this. We 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 can disagree. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think disagreements to should, should change friendships, but I, I do feel like people are 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 scared to cross that divide.
1: I agree. Um, for me, um, disagreements ruin friendships. For me, when we disagree on the livelihood of Black people. It's just non-negotiable for me. Uh, Like I necessarily did not end that friendship because she believed in black on black crime. It was her standing tall in it. It was her not even like she was so upset with me for saying that black on black crime was a myth that she was yelling at me. And I just couldn't believe it because why do you even want this to be true? Why do you want this to be true? It's,
0: it's not, and, I, and I don't know the person, but based on like conversations or interactions I've seen on social media is it, because it, it has to be true. Cause if it's not true, then that, then that denies everything that I've known since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I remember as a kid saying, well, something would happen. I'd be like, well, what about black and black crime? Like I was ignorant as a child. And as I evolved, it's like, well, dang, that black on black crime really not. Uh, I, and okay.
1: then for me, is like, I think I think this is like the biggest thing. Like, OK, so if you do want to talk about crime that black people commit against other black people, um, like you said, going back to what you said before, that happens typically when you know somebody. So when you eight times out of 10, seven, eight times out of 10, when um, you hear about somebody being murdered or gunned down or robbed or something like that. That ain't no random thing. When you hear about that happening in the hood, that's not something random. Um, that's not always random. Most of the time it is like, you know, like uh, you was in some stuff or you, you know, this person, this person knows you. Um, but I guess I'm less worried about that kind of stuff because I don't, surround myself around that i'm not in anything dangerous or anything like that but i worry about the crimes where a white person can say that i scared them because i was breathing and they kill me and they're not held accountable because guess what if i kill you they're gonna hold me accountable for that black on black crime But if a white person come and kill me, depending on the circumstances around it, if they can somehow prove or somehow make it seem like I did something to them. That's all it takes. So why, why, why are you more worried about the crimes that happen for, you know, for um, people that know you versus the crimes that can happen at any day? It can be any of us. That stuff that y'all see on the news, that can be any of us
0: and i and i guess for for me when people say well what about black and black crime well how do you pl- how do you plan to solve that's or, my thing y'all keep on
1: how- saying what about it y'all don't see you in the community doing anything
0: cuz it it makes me um Think about the from from the movie uh, Waiting for Superman uh, that talked about the the school system in America. Mm-hmm. They had a quote and it, it's always caught caught my eye and and basically said, "Do bad schools make bad neighborhoods, or do bad neighborhoods make bad schools?" Mm. And thinking about how much we spend on Defense in this country that we spend on prisons. I mean, um,
1: we just sent seven hundred what million or billion something. We just sent to Israel. Um, I think it was seven hundred. M- I hope yeah, it. Either way, it's, either a, lot way, money, it's money, a lot of money. Money yeah. that we could be using for something
0: else. So, uh, and I and I think uh, and I thought about it, and I'm like, bad schools make bad neighborhoods because if we're truly funding education and we're putting money into um, the the black and brown communities and really modernizing educational buildings, neighborhoods will start to to flourish. Like what's the first thing when people looking to buy a house usually, well, what school system is
1: it? Mm -hmm. And they know this, like, and that's my biggest thing when it comes. And I, Or it just this kind of just brought everything full circle for me. Uh, We were talking about earlier, but when you talk about um, black on black crime and like when where it came from and why they gave us that term, because all of all of these things tie into each other, all of these things affect one another. um, It's no coincidence that where the neighborhood that you live in and the school that you go to. Are... um, kind of affect the grocery stores that are going to be around the businesses who decide to put locations in your area. Think about that too. Uh, Example, there are no targets inside of the city of Detroit. Not one. Pay attention to that. There are no big stores like that. Walmart either. Is it a Walmart? It's a Meijer.
0: No Walmart, two Meijers.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? Those are new. Mm. Those are new. Um, Pay attention to stuff like that because something that's that, it's always shocking to me. Like you said, I was just in Houston. Y'all they don't gotta leave the city to do anything. They don't have to go out to the suburbs to do stuff. Actually, like a lot of the times people don't even leave the city for what? They have malls, they have grocery stores. Um, it's a big city, mind you, but there is nothing inside of the city of Detroit unless you're downtown.
0: Yeah, and, and part of that, um, and we can get in, into uh, another conversation about you know uh, Henry Ford and cr- creating um, Northland and Fairlane malls on the uh, outskirts of the of the city. Um, the when they started to move the the factories out the city, but I think that gets into a deeper conversation of you have. Part, part of the reason why you have a high crime rate, whether it's Detroit or Baltimore is the the lack of economic development or opportunity. Mm-hmm. The, the, the lack of black business. Um, and hopefully in the summer, we will we'll be able to do like a black business corner and talk to different businesses through the city. But I, I remember I was talking to the, my bow tie guy who, who's, um, uh, in midtown and I went small business Saturday, you know, to support him and he was like, Yeah, Mike Duggan is in the, the mayor of Detroit, yeah, he's going to small businesses, but he won't come here. Hmm. And and the the narrative that that says if you're a black business, the the hoops that you have to jump through. <laughs> uh where as someone of a different race doesn't have to go through that so you gotta look at economic development you gotta look at food deserts mm-hmm. both of the Myers are on the west side
1: the east and as somebody who grew up on the east side um i grew up in the harper and casual area um and was there until i went to college um I remember when we, so first um, we moved there in 2000. Um, I remember vividly, like when we went to go look at the house, I remember house shopping and my mama saw that house. Um, It was a white family that lived there that we got the house from. The neighborhood was white. Um, It wasn't completely white, but it was white. By the time, and I this probably shouldn't be an indicator for me, but it is an indicator for me. There was a Hungry Howie's there when we first moved there. It was a Hungry Howie's um, nearby and it was there for some years. until so one day it wasn't. And then AutoZone was gone too. And then CVS was gone. And all of these stores that were there were gone. And all of our neighbors were black now. Um, And... We went to Gross Point to go grocery shopping. There was there were grocery stores nearby, but if you go to them grocery stores, the meat is gonna be brown, and the meat that's not brown gonna cost a lot.
0: <laughs> I don't know why Chris Rock is on my mind today, but you just made me think of. Um, he said the closest thing to heaven is, is a white supermarket. <laughs>
1: okay, because listen, let me tell y'all something. I have, as in, an adult now, who has, I have not lived um, in the city um, as an adult or since I was 18. Um, always in the suburbs, y'all, I love suburban grocery stores. I love me some Nino's. I love me some Vincent Um Even the Kroger's further out are better than the Kroger's the closer you are to the city. Um, and I will have me a field day in there. Nah, don't get me wrong. I'm going to have me a field day in the hood grocery store, too. But for a different reason. Because when I'm going to Nino's and Vincent Joe's and, and the Super Kroger's, I'm going for their fruit selections and crab legs and stuff like that, right? But then when I'm going to the hood grocery stores, they're going to have some clear fruit. They're going to have the good snacks. And that is a problem. That is a problem. Um, I'm not going there for no fresh food because they don't got it.
0: Yeah, so... I mean, it's, it's like one issue on top of the other of why you have crime, crime issues in in, in their city, lack a lack of proper diets, lack of economic opportunity. People uh, are
1: broke. People are hungry. Um, do y'all, it's, it sucks I remember I used to dance um in middle school and high school and um I danced in uh St. Clair Shores and Gross Point, and um just being with those girls for two hours after school our lives were so much different the conversations that they had, the things they talked about they just had access to things that I just could not dream of having access to
0: SAT prep class s a t prep class yeah like um i was i don't know what talk radio station I was listening to last weekend but but I was driving and it, it was a white d j he was talking about making sure his kids went to college and spending fifteen hundred dollars on on a just one prep class, and I'm like. How many black and brown families can can afford to do that? And I don't know if it was you that posted or somebody else on on, on Facebook posted something that was like, we're automatically giving poor black kids a disadvantage when you you best basically uh, make education funding based on property taxes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're already setting them up behind the eight ball.
1: Or let's think about this. Let's think about how if I live in Detroit and I decide to send my kids to a suburban school and they find out that I don't live in that suburb, I can go to jail for it.
0: Yeah. But, so lady right now, what, doing it's doing five years?
1: Yeah, it's plenty of women, black women right now, who are in jail for that very reason. But, it's not black people that go to schools like cast and renaissance our good schools that's they don't pay taxes they don't pay taxes in the city of detroit for their kids to go there
0: it's it might not be a lot but it's people who do it oh i i, I know it's it's people uh, that that do that at, at at my current school they don't have a detroit address or they they may have a detroit address but they live in Dearborn or Dearborn Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but if somebody finds out, it's not going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, All of this stuff is just so disheartening because it's like, when y'all really think about it, like, dang, all this because of my skin color. Like, dang, like, what's wrong with it? All of this because of my skin color. That's literally the only difference
0: mm-hmm.
1: is skin tone.
0: And I mean, and shoot, and history we we know the idea of race is is fairly new. Mhm. We're talking 16th 17th century, so just a, a few centuries ago um there there was no classification for race. Now fast forwards through slavery and everything else that that uh, brown brown and black people have been through. You get all of the things that come with it. You got to fight to get an a, a equal fair education.
1: It took me so long to even have the credentials to compete with others to apply to law school. It took me so long. It took me three years um, because I couldn't... I didn't have... Um, the finances to not work and study for literally they're like when you when you do your research on applying to law school all of these articles and all of these advice columns and advisors they're all like okay you need to treat studying for the lsat like a full-time job eight hours a day 40 hours a week okay so when do i go to work because i gotta eat i don't have nobody to, you know what i'm saying most of us don't we don't have that uh we can't just not go to work to study. Yeah, we, to get into school.
0: We, I, I saw somewhere like... Somebody had posted on Twitter like... I'm trying to buy a house and like... My, my white friend asked me like... Well, your parents can gift you $50,000? And I'm like...
1: Where are they going to get $50,000 from? Who just has... And that's... Oh, now you got me thinking about how white people poor is different from black people poor. Um, I remember... Like two years ago, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers. And... It, it turned sideways real quick. Um, white guy, he was like, um, he had asked me. He they wanted to to go out one night after a baseball game, and um, I was just like, no, like I'm okay, you know, anti-social me. Um, he said we'll have Hennessy. <laughs> when did y'all? When did y'all ever see me drink some Hennessy? So I'm like. I don't drink Hennessy, but what you know about Hennessy? He like, oh, I'm from the hood too. I'm poor too. Too? <laughs> too? Because <laughs> first of all, we ain't never even talked about where I was from. Um, We've never talked about how I grew up or anything like that. So I started probing more. I made a face and I was like, okay. Um, you know, like he starts to talk about how he grew up. He said he grew up poor on 20 acres of land and a farm yeah, that, that. i don't have no land my family don't have no land we don't have anything that we can sell off anything worth value y'all be talking about y'all poor but if really shit comes to shit you can put that up for sale you have things that like when i say that i'm poor i don't have nothing i have nothing at all or i don't have anything excuse me I don't have anything at all. Like i I don't have a four hundred one k or anything that I can fall back on. I can't call my mama like, my Ma, You know that little savings that you got. Can you run me something um, for my wedding or anything like that? And that's not to say that this is true for all Black people, but it is true
0: for most. For, for the majority.
1: For also. the majority, it, we don't have generational wealth, and
0: and and, and be honest, like let's not add like slavery didn't didn't benefit white people still living today i had a 400 year head start mm-hmm.
1: um though that is how people a lot of times that's how they got wealthy so a lot of these wealthy family white families that you know of now how do you think they became that way because they had a lot of property that they uh that they they a lot of property quote unquote and the property was people that looked like us that was considered property for them and the- i don't i have a book here called um it is called hold on soul by soul and it talks about um um chattel slavery because i don't th- i think that people like don't really realize how just how bad slavery was or chattel slavery was because there is a difference between slavery and chattel slavery oftentimes. And this is just a side note. But when you hear like white people try to come back or counter something with black people had slaves too. There is a difference between that slavery and chattel slavery. Um, so I encourage you all to look into that. Um, but with chattel slavery, they put a price on us like, depending on your skills and um your age the way you looked um light skin versus dark skin um um how strong you were like everything like that that determined how what what your value was and
0: and and shoot you just made me think about it in hidden colors how they talked about um the brutality of, of of American slavery compared to um, slavery from from other places in the world, particularly Africa and like Wall Street got its name from from the selling of, of slaves. Mm-hmm.
1: This book is called just a side note. Soul by Soul Life Inside the Antebellum Slave Market by Walter Johnson. I'm actually going to revisit it because I read it at the beginning of my um journey to being an african-american historian um so i need to revisit it but i just encourage you all to read it just so you can learn about the differences between that and um it i think that this will help a lot with uh kind of explaining why we shouldn't talk about black on black crime um I don't know. I think it's a good read. A good read to start at the beginning and it's just to get your mind wandering, wandering, get you more interested and in, um, learn about how all of these things tie together and all of these things are meant to keep us down and what we can do to fix it.
0: So, because now I'm thinking about redlining and how mm-hmm. blacks were, were kept out of certain neighborhoods. Like, I remember as a kid, like, okay, so... From the age of one through four, uh, we lived on on, on Puritan and in, in Littlefield, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I had you known know nothing about that. Yeah, <laughs> West Side. Um, I, I
1: got shot at on Puritan before.
0: But but I remember, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember like as a four year old, like my mom telling me to hide under the bed because they was uh, outside shooting.
1: But you know what? Can we just like talk about that for a second? Um, not to say that I knew that that was normal. I mean, that that I thought that that was normal. But I thought that... I don't know. I don't think that I thought that it was normal. But it was kind of normalized for me. That if I heard gunshots, just get down. And I didn't think nothing of it. It was just like, get down dude, and get back up when it's over. Yeah,
0: so... and Thinking about that, but I say that to say, like, my parents... Like, so, age 1 through 4. Lived on Littlefield. And then... Uh, we moved to Green Acres. Uh Shorewood Forest area. Mm-hmm. And like I remember my mom some years later like telling me on the on the original deeds to the house it said it couldn't be sold to to negroes.
1: That would hurt me. But you know what? That reminds me of how when I um nah uh my granddad listens to this. So, hey Papa. But um <laughs> when we lived um over there in the Harper and Casual area, like I said, my granddad told me, I don't know if he remembers having this conversation with me, but Papa, I remember all our conversations. Um he talked about that area being a sundown area. That even though it was a um Even though like it's a black area now and it was still in the city of Detroit, like black people knew not to be over there. Um, That Chandler Park area. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with being in the suburbs. Uh, I remember when my mom first moved to the suburbs and I was in college and she moved to uh, Southfield. And my granddad was like, I'm not coming over there. That's the sundown town. Uh, He's still to this day, he doesn't um, he doesn't go venture out to the suburbs often. Um, and if he does, it'll be like East Point, like something nearby. Um, he doesn't go too far. And shoot, you can't blame him. You yeah,
0: because de- uh, I, I just think about when we have this narrative about black and black crime or, or why can't black people do better? You literally have made just about everything for black people hard to do.
1: Can't- it is so hard. It is so Hard to do a lot of stuff.
0: You said you you said we can't live in certain neighborhoods. The neighborhoods that you did give us, like Black Bottom, was eventually destroyed so you could put a freeway in that literally carried white people out the city into the suburbs and left us all behind. It's mm-hmm. hard to get a, 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 a equal education because. It's based on property taxes, which already puts us at a disadvantage compared to the suburban districts, and then they're allowed to to raise meals to to even increase their funding. You you got stand your ground laws, which to me, stand your ground is just a, a way for for white people to to, to get away with murder.
1: I um want to talk about that for a second, um, because it is because that doesn't the like, y'all these laws laws like that don't apply to us, um, and I think about even though we don't have stand your ground here, um, I so I have uh, an anxiety disorder so oftentimes I have irrational like racing thoughts, um, and this isn't I don't think that it's an irrational thought because it's my brain but I know that sometimes that can be what it is um I have I play these scenarios out in my head all the time of like just sitting here on my couch with my puppy laughing and being too loud and somebody calling the police on me or somebody knocking on my door and shooting me I don't know I come up with these crazy things and I'm like what would happen if they did this like what if i got into a shooter? because listen y'all if y'all ever see me on the news because somebody done pulled me over and messed with me or some white people was messing with me just know i ain't dying alone i'm gonna take somebody out with me so i always think like what would happen
0: i mean and i mean a lot of those scenarios not that far-fetched i mean you look at the the cop who killed the the guy in his his
1: own apartment um and she in jail trying to apply to get out and honestly like i'm so desensitized. i'm not desensitized to it because i this is my passion like i probably love talking about this kind of stuff and fighting for black people more than i love myself right now which sucks but it is what it is um I don't want to say I'm desensitized to it, but I just try not to read that stuff. Like, I know that it's happening. I know that they keep doing it and that nothing is going to happen to them. Why do I have to see it play out on video? Why do I have to read the articles? I'm tired.
0: And I I think that all draws back into... That 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 new cycle that to desensitize is to feel that way, because um, oh,
1: I'm desensitized to shootings, to mass shootings. That's something I am desensitized to. I, I'm not necessarily desensitized to black people's stuff, but I just can't watch it. But like mass shootings, yeah,
0: yeah. So I I think it all goes back to that narrative of we need to show black people as animals as not human that's why you get this narrative of black on black crime or you get the 10 minutes the first 10 minutes of the, the evening news where it's, it's bad 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 because now we can make y'all think that these people aren't really human or they chose to live this way or they deserve to live this way
1: mm-hmm. yeah Um and I even hear that from black people though too like black people like well look at me i'm doing well so if you're not doing well it's your fault you can't
0: it's it's that whole pull yourself up by your own bootstraps but all of that stuff
1: is harmful and that is all things that was drilled into your head by white people and it goes back to what you said about dr uh rima saying how we've all been agents of white supremacy that is one that is one
0: and i'm like well we ain't got no bootstraps, so how am I supposed to pull stuff up? And 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 like we have to I, create
1: them. We have to make our own bootstrap.
0: And that's that's why sometimes I get so disheartened because I I know people that so called made it, and like I have conversation with them like come talk to my class or come, come do this or or we doing this in you know the neighborhood and they like no. Nah. and I'm like just cuz you made it help somebody else out. like don't be a hoarder of, of, of information and knowledge
1: you know people love to hoard people want to be millionaires and hoard money people want to um you can't even ask somebody where they got their shirt from now I want to tell you like oh,
0: yeah. I, I can't tell you where, I, cause I don't. I, I just, I just want this shirt.
1: Look, I was in Houston, and um, girl told me my outfit was real cute, and I can tell by the way she was looking at it, she wanted to ask where I got it from. So um, I, at first I was just like, thank you, and I kept walking, and I turned back around, and I was like, I got it from Fashion Nova. They had a whole bunch of colors, and she was like, oh my god, thank you so much for telling me. I wanted to ask, but I was scared. Like, why are y'all not telling me where y'all got y'all clothes from? Like, they only made one.
0: Yeah, and I, and I guess. I don't know if I went crazy, but I was like, I told my wife, like, I'm literally not wearing anything that has a label on it this this year. If it's not promoting blackness or, or something that I'm doing, like, I, why am I walking around looking like a walking billboard for Nike?
1: You know what, like, scares me so much, though, when we think about that, um, is that, like, something that I fear is that, okay... What if at some point, like, this is crazy and really off, but what if at some point we are um, completely just support black businesses? We don't. Like, just just think about this it, for a moment. I think they're going to kill us. I think that would start a war. That would start a war.
0: I don't know if it would start a, a war. I'm not going to. I
1: think that they would, like, try to do the same thing that they
0: did with, like, uh... Um, the Black Wall Street in Falls Yeah. Yes. So, I would, I, so there, there's two scenarios I, I think that that will play out. One is the, the Black Wall Street uh, scenario. No, I'm, I'm thankful for um, what was that? Lovecraft Country for, for covering the, the way that they did in the series. Mm-hmm. The second scenario I can see happening is what happened with the, the Montgomery bus boycott. If we were to, to, to band together as a people and only support black businesses and shut the, the rest of the system down, they would have to come to the table with something. Like, you got Ice Cube talking about a, a plan for black America. The plan should be economic impact. When you talk about we as a people are a $2 trillion walking industry, if we were only to spend that $2 trillion with black-owned businesses, this country couldn't survive very true
1: um i also want to add that i am i am a um learning uh anti-capitalist so i am anti-capitalist but i or anti-capitalism but i don't um I'm still learning things, so I'm still trying to learn how I cannot contribute to capitalism and still exist in this country. So if you hear me talking about money and and capital and things like that, it's because I haven't quite figured that out yet. But still know that I do understand that capitalism has to go in order for um, systemic oppression to be eradicated as well so i, I am aware of that i'm just not sure how yet so if so, you
0: hear some contradicting words that's be that's why so and, and i and i guess if we were to do something like that where we only supported black businesses well how would you have black on black crime because now we actually pulling for one another too um
1: well no i think that still black on um, black crime would exist because why don't white crime still exist, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. you know, and like it just wouldn't be in the way that we see it now. Crime is gonna exist as long as it's it's yeah, just crime. a matter of what you consider criminal, so you know so crime is gonna exist it's just a matter of how much crime it is, why the crime is happening, what kinds of crime yeah. is
0: happening and so this this makes me think of uh, i I don't know if I mentioned it before on the podcast, but when when we lived in, in in the city growing up, and we we lived in Green Acres, there there was a black-owned gas station right at the corner of Eight Mile and Livermore, next to Baker's, the BP, mm-hmm. and the the owner and and my family became you know very very close, and he would often say, you know, the oil companies are charging him you know two or three cents more per per gallon or or what have you then they charge other gas stations and so like me i'm like go support you know this black owned business and i got people well i i I can't support them because the gas is is for like four cents or five cents higher
1: um
0: and but
1: also that reminded me of um just trying to enter any industry that's dominate that's dominated by others um Think about how there aren't many black owned um, beauty supply stores. But beauty supply stores are for black people, and I know black women um, and black men who have tried to get their own beauty supply store, and it didn't stop them from doing it. But it's really hard to yeah. find vendors. Find Asian people work with Koreans. Koreans dominate the industry. It's hard to find Koreans who are willing to work with you.
0: And I and I even think about like I I and I've talked about this on the podcast. Like me and Lauren, we go get our nails done. Once a month, mm-hmm. and it was important to find uh, a, a black-owned shop. It's not that many. black-owned nails shops in the city and the suburbs. Like it's not
1: you. You you can find some good black nail techs. Do they have their own shop? No.
0: So when we t- t- and we're we're about to wrap up, but when we talk about black home, black crime is so much that that goes to the the root the the core issue this this lack of economic development this, this lack of education like a lack of just having an opportunity to be treated as a human being
1: mm-hmm. that's all i want to do i just want to not have an irrational fear or not irrational i have to stop saying that not have a fear of leaving my home. I do not like to leave my house. But in that same instance, I know I'm not safe here either. The place where I'm supposed to be. I don't feel safe at all as a black woman in this country at any point.
0: And, and, I, and I mean, that's uh, something we, we can get into on, on a, on a pod, podcast. I've mentioned it before. Um uh, uh, me and Shonda talked about a little bit on the last podcast, but this protecting black women.
1: Yeah, we can have an ep- episode dedicated to that for sure. And I got so many stories, so many experiences I could about, I could talk about.
0: And not only that, get into the the core of this dynamic of, of black men and black women. And, and
1: it's going back to that intersectionality that we talked about last time, too. Talking about you know, like okay, yeah, you're black, but so, nah.
0: So I'm I'm gonna be honest. Uh, we we were supposed to talk about uh,
1: oh, because we're just going everywhere.
0: The the, the, the role of, of religion on, on black folk for the next podcast, but but I I, I think we we need to spend some time on, on the next one talk, talking about. Just being a a black woman in America, we we can get to uh, black people and religion on, on uh, the one after that, or on, on a later podcast. Uh, That's fair, because the the I don't know, and maybe it's just with. Um, and I said this on the last podcast that I felt like twenty twenty. Was a, a breakout moment moment for black women in some aspects in America, but has it really trickled down? And maybe, like I said, maybe I'm crazy and I'm overanalyzing it. Like I think about Biden picking Kamala Harris, and the skin tone play play a role in that? Um, and the whole colorism uh, thing and so um, we're gonna wrap up episode four um, hit the subscribe button uh, follow us on instagram at we ain't just family um, follow me at the bow teacher
1: my instagram is uh kiara k-i-a-r-a d coleman
0: And so we'll see y'all for episode five when we get into uh, what is it really like to be a, a black woman in America today.